the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, we made it through another week. Almost. We're halfway through Friday. The weekend beckons. I'm excited about mine. I hope you are about yours. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. Listeners on 94.5 in Dayton and 98.9 in Columbus. And maybe a few new listeners in central Ohio. Today is last night I had the opportunity to interact with the fine folks in Hilliard who attended the Hilliard Republican Club meeting at 10 Pin Alley. Representative Gary Click, who is one of the good guys fighting for House Bill 454 in the Ohio General Assembly that would outlaw doctors giving puberty blockers to kids, hormones, cross-sex hormones, testosterone to girls, estrogen to boys who are trapped in the evil of the transgender ideology and would make it a crime for surgeons to perform gender reassignment surgery. Yes, that's going on with minors right here in Columbus and around the state of Ohio. So Gary Click's a good guy. It was nice to sit and share a podium with him and to chat with the folks. And we were chatting ahead of time with uh, some of the citizens about races upcoming and the midterm elections. And I was chagrined to hear, even though the candidate probably had no chance, that Joyce Beatty's opponent in the congressional election in November has pulled out of the race. We were talking about, you know, how we could uh, find a candidate and I, Certainly have one that I think could beat Joyce Beatty in 2024 if she decides to um, enter the race against the head of the Congressional Black Caucus. And it struck me that people who have these national profiles, Joyce Beatty, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer... We presume because we see them on TV and they have big jobs and big responsibilities that they're really, really smart. They have something that we don't have that we couldn't have ever ascended to the uh, positions that they have ascended to. And that is borne out as just completely false when you really look at how these people comport themselves. Joe Biden's COVID, for instance. Um, When Donald Trump got COVID and appeared on a balcony at the White House, basically telling everybody, don't worry, everything will be fine. He was roundly criticized. He doesn't have a mask on. Look, he's not taking it seriously. Joe Biden yesterday appeared on a balcony at the White House, not wearing a mask, 
telling everybody everything will be fine. I don't have a problem with Biden doing that. I have a problem with the obvious double standard. Uh, When Trump contracted COVID after, I think it was after the Amy Coney Barrett thing at the White House where they announced Amy Coney, a super spreader! Oh, look out! Where are all those people today? Um, Biden contracts COVID. He's on camera in Detroit. No, excuse me, Massachusetts. <laughs> I was fooled by the hellscape behind him that it had to be Detroit. No, it's Massachusetts. Um, Biden was there shaking hands with cabinet members. John John Kerry was there because we were talking about the climate. Um, Elizabeth Warren was there. Um, Senator, you know. And I would think that given the hullabaloo after Trump was roundly criticized for being a catalyst to a super spreader, that one of the things the White House would have come to the press conference uh, armed with yesterday would have most certainly been, you know, the latest up-to-date research on how Joe Biden got COVID. I mean, he's 79 years old. He was the president of the United States, twice vaccinated, twice boosted, kind of important. Let's find out how he got it and who's been around him. Seemed like a good question to ask at a White House press conference yesterday um, un- until it was asked. Where exactly was the president infected? Where was he infected? I, I don't think we know. Huh. Um, huh. I certainly don't know if you, if you have any thoughts I, on I, that. Look, I, I don't think that that matters, right? I think what matters is we prepared for this moment. I think what matters <laughs> uh, is what Dr. Jha just laid out. Uh, if we look at where we were, were a year and a half ago, this is a president, when he walked in, one of his first priorities was to make sure we had a comprehensive plan to get people vaccinated. And what was that plan? Oh, it was, hey, open up that Trump plan over there. Let's do that. Let's not give Trump credit for it, of course. I don't think that's important, Corinne Jean-Pierre said yesterday, how Joe Biden got infected. Now, that answer, and I mean, again, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I left her off the list of people who clearly have some kind of mental superiority to the rest of us rubes, as she is the glass-ceiling-shattering black gay woman White House spokesperson. Uh, when she said it didn't matter how and where Biden got COVID, I went way back in my mental file, all the way, 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 way back to last winter. When my daughter had to miss somewhere between five and 10 days of school because a kid who sits way in front of her in her classroom and I presume he breathes forward, not in reverse. She had to miss a bunch of days of school because she was in a room with a kid who tested positive for COVID. She didn't have COVID. She didn't have any symptoms of COVID. She couldn't go to school because a kid in her room tested positive for COVID. Maybe you couldn't go to work because somebody around you tested positive for COVID. But Elizabeth Warren, John Kerry, all those poor 
people standing on the set of what looked like Terminator 2, uh, The Apocalypse, with Joe Biden on Wednesday. And they're all free to go about their business. Jill Biden, his wife, is free to travel. So, if only the fact that they don't see how bad they look given the optics of this, it is very evident that these people are not very smart. Not very smart. Which brings me to another not very smart person who has ascended to an important position. Mayor Andrew Ginther of the city of Columbus. Yesterday, Mayor Ginther went to the short north, the artsy-fartsy part of Columbus, which used to be really a bad part of town in terms of just nothing there. Now it's got art galleries and it's the bastion of the LGBTQIA ampersand number sign tilde plus movement. And Andrew Ginther, why did he go to the short north? He went to the short north to kind of brag about the fact that the city's homicide rate this year is much lower at this point on the calendar than it was in 2021. At this point in 2021, we had 114 homicides. We do not have 114 homicides right now. We have, well, I'll get to how many we have in a moment. But if you were the mayor of Columbus and the people of the short north are nervous because somebody got shot and killed outside of UDF a couple of nights ago, and they wanted to talk to you about, hey, you know, it's getting pretty dangerous down here in the short north, and we got galleries, and we got businesses, and we got restaurants, and what are you going to do about the violence in the short north? If you were the mayor of Columbus, would you go there and would you, like, brag about the fact that your murder rate is lower than it was a year ago when you had, oh, that's right, a record number of murders? See, I wouldn't. If my cabinet told me, why don't you go down there and just tell them everything's fine? Look, we got way fewer murders this year than last year. I would say, I guarantee you, if I go down there and brag about how few murders we have this year, somebody's getting murdered after I say it. And wouldn't you know, that's exactly what happened. Not in the same neighborhood. Milo Grogan was not too far away. I 670 and 71, we had a guy shot and killed. The 77th homicide of the year. Now, the 77th homicide of the year is a lot less homicides than the 114 that we had a year ago at this time. But is 77 homicides an acceptable number? Is that an acceptable number of homicides? I mean, that's, you know, on pace for around 150 homicides, which is like one every two and a half days. That seems like a lot to me. That doesn't seem like a number that would calm anyone's nerves. So, Andrew Ginther, not real smart. And there's more on the police front, which will certainly involve Andrew Ginther, given that he has demonized police. And uh, the one remaining officer who's supposed to get charged in the wake of the George Floyd riots now may not be charged at all. Details next. So a boastful Andrew Ginther showed up yesterday in the short north to calm nerves over escalating violence in that part of the city. 
don't know what took him so long to get concerned, <laughs> seeing how we had record murder rates in the city of Columbus the past two years. But uh, Andrew Ginther highlighted to all these folks that, hey, hey, I know you had a guy shot at a UDF the other night, and uh, that's a little scary, but don't worry. We've only had 76 homicides here this year, and we had 114 at this time last year. A record year for homicides, just like 2020 was a record year for homicides, just like a lot of Democratic cities have set homicide records in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots when it became racist to stop people from burning, looting, stealing cars, pretty much anything. It became racist to do that, so we were told that we should just uh, allow people to express their outrage. So, of course, somebody got murdered overnight uh, in downtown Columbus, not in the short north, but Milo Grogan neighborhood is not far from the short north. And now, and now comes word that uh, hmm, the three officers charged in the uh, aftermath of the George Floyd riots in downtown Columbus in May of 2020, two are already off the hook. One found not guilty by a judge. Uh, one charge is dismissed. And the third officer, Sergeant Philip Walls, he's scheduled for trial August the 15th. But I'm wondering if that trial's going to happen. Why am I wondering that? Well, because the two people who were charged similarly to him have gotten off because they did nothing wrong. But because the special prosecutor in the case... Kathleen Garber, who prior to yesterday had said she was going to go all the way to the wall prosecuting Sergeant Walls, she resigned yesterday. She resigned. Now, why would a special prosecutor resign? Um, Prosecutors don't like to lose cases. Nobody likes an L on their record as a prosecutor. And... Many cases are settled or dismissed so that a prosecutor won't take the L on their record. So I would just say that when she resigned a day after the prosecution had to withdraw its case against another officer, Tracy Shaw, that tells me that maybe Sergeant Philip Walls is um, getting pretty close to being um, worry-free about this clearly agenda-driven prosecution of Columbus police officers. Why do I say clearly agenda-driven? Well, if no police officers have been found guilty yet in court, and if a case has been dismissed against one and a prosecutor resigns against another, does that seem like the run-up to the city paying people who claimed they were harmed by police in the riots of 2020 as something that would justify paying the whiners who wouldn't disperse and follow orders a big pile of money? Not to me. Now, if the cops had been found guilty of anything, if they had exceeded their authority, if they had um, meted out violence to truly innocent people rather than rabble-rousers, Uh, then I would expect the city to pay through the nose. But if the cops, who all this is on camera, by the way, if the cops, with the benefit of video footage of what they did, in a climate where anything a cop does is 
You must prove your innocence because you're assumed guilty first. In that climate, for these police to not be found guilty of anything, it seems pretty stupid for the city to have jumped the gun and paid 32 plaintiffs five and three quarters million dollars in settlements. I guess the uh, whole like concept of gender-affirming care of the transgender movement has spread to the people who have control of the pocketbooks of the city of Columbus because clearly by paying 32 plaintiffs before any police officer, any police officer is found guilty of one thing, that is kind of the um, equivalent of riot-affirming payments, right? I mean, let's just... You said you were harmed. You said the police were mean to you. You said that, oh, I get hurt because I get hit with a rubber bullet. Why did you get hit with a rubber bullet? Well, they told me to leave, and I didn't leave because I was there to stand up for racial justice. Well, good for you. That is your right. But your rights are not consequence-free. And if a police officer tells you to disperse because, you know, here's the dirty little secret. They might be telling you to disperse because someone else could be in danger if you don't follow what you're told to do. See, the police officers are not as invested in your own personal situation as they are in the safety of the entire community. And so if you're walking in the street and you're stopping traffic and people are in cars and they can't go, and then somebody in the riot gets the bright idea, hey, there's a guy driving a BMW. I don't think he's earned that BMW. I think I should have that BMW. Let's go over and pull him out of that BMW and let's take that BMW. See, that doesn't only happen in Los Angeles or New York. That could happen anywhere. And so the police are telling people to disperse because they're trying to keep people moving because a crowd that's moving and traffic that's moving is a lot less dangerous than people who are stationary and traffic that is stationary. So, yeah, you might not be doing anything you think is wrong, but you're concerned only about you. And the axis of the universe is not your belly button, at least not to a police officer. So I don't have any sympathy for you if you're in the middle of a riot and you get hit with a rubber bullet or a police officer pepper sprays you because he's trying to get somebody else who's in the proximity of you to move and they won't move and neither will you. But Andrew Ginther, he's more than happy to pay you millions of dollars Five and three-quarter million dollars to 32 plaintiffs who, to date, they do not have any justification in terms of any police officer being found guilty of anything. You're down to one cop, Andy. Down to one. And if you don't get him, you're going to look worse than you already do, which I didn't think was possible. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.